Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome, Penny Van. How you doing there? Welcome. Hello there, Gary. Hello there, Thomas. Hello. How's everybody doing on a Thursday evening? Uh, so, Justin, guess what we got yeah. coming in? What do we got coming in, Grizz? So, we got our new sponsors coming in. Hello there, Henry. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, welcome, um, Nana. Deca. You're welcome. It's a great coupon. <laughs> Hell, welcome. Yeah, so our beer products uh, sponsors are coming in. I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, so stand by. We got some new sponsors coming in. So how are you doing, Mr. Decker? I'm doing just living the dream, living the dream today. Awesome. Uh, welcome, yeah. everybody. Round of applause to you. So what we got cooking tonight? All right. Tonight we've got a, a awesome guest. I met this fellow in person a few years back now. Uh, oh, it must be seven or eight years ago since I first met this guy. Um, and, and I want to start up by saying that I am proud to call this man I, my friend, not because of his Bigfoot research and what he's done for the community, but because of who he is outside of that world. Uh, this guy comes from Colorado and Nebraska area. And he, if somebody goes missing up in the mountains, like we talk about 411 and missing people, this guy will go out by himself searching for people. This guy knows his mountains and he will devote his time and effort to try and find people that are missing out, out hiking and in the mountains. Wow. Um, and he just has my utmost respect <laughs> for what he does and, and his heart and how he loves people. Uh, and so that's why I'm proud to call him my friend. On top of that, he is, is kind of the progenitor of, of Bigfoot festivals and stuff in Colorado. Um, he's had personal experiences, personal excitings. We've talked about him before on the show with a couple incidences, and we'll tie those in tonight. Uh, but I'm I'm really proud to have my good friend Ken Collins on the show tonight out from Colorado. And come on down, Mr. Collins. Welcome. Wow. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> and Grit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, right, man. Welcome to the show. Introduce yourself, sir. Well, heck, Justin just did it. What a great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Hi, guys. I'm Ken Kenneth Collins from Estes Park, Colorado, right now. And uh, that's where I'm at. And uh, excited to be on the show with JD and, and Grizz. And uh, we had a few minutes prior to. Uh, uh, opening tonight and got to talk with Grizz and what a nice yeah, guy. He got so, me fired up. Show tonight. Thank you. Unbelievable. Bye. Yeah. I know some about this guy and, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, remember that big footprint, that big print that took up the whole back of a pickup truck. Y'all thought I was like smoking something and y'all like shut the front door. Grizz. That's the guy that casted that track. And we're going to talk Absolutely. about later. So yeah. yes, hey Lee Covey, welcome to the show. So, but yeah, I'm glad to have you. Thank you. All right, we got all kinds of stuff from from Ken. Bunch of pictures. Hopefully, we'll be able to get them up. Uh, but let's start like we always do, Ken. What got you started to this man, and what kind of built you up to where you are now when it comes to your research and your involvement in the community? Uh, how funny. You know, I just was on a podcast a couple of nights ago with my buddy, Jim Myers, from the Sasquatch Outpost up in Bailey. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, he asked the same question, of course. And, well, when I got started, how is watching a flick? And I was invited to a um, 
birthday party. I lived in a uh, small town in Nebraska and uh, farmers. We didn't have many neighbors. So got asked to a uh, birthday party and they had a flick in town that we could be allowed to go see. I never went to a movie ever and uh, first movie ever. We go into town. There's four of us and three of them go off. At the time, there was Planet of the Apes showing or The Legend of Boggy Creek. And something hmm. veered me off towards The Legend of Boggy Creek. And they went off to see Planet of the Apes. And I don't even remember getting through the movie. I just know that my uh, impaction on that was it seeded me because I said to myself, you know, we're not monkeys. But the funny thing about all that is so when it got out of the mm-hmm. movies, the other three are running around like the apes and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, we're not apes. And uh, I just looked at, I just watched the movie and uh, I walked around like in shock. So at that time, I walked away with a seed in me that said, I want to find out a little later on in my life what this will be about. And that was just something that at, you know, you're 12 years old, you're in the cornfields of Nebraska. What are you supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be doing a 12 year old what it does. But instead, that put that such an impact on me. I think a lot of us out there, I'm 62. I'm just saying I was 12 then. I'm just saying a lot of researchers start with that movie and we didn't call it Big mm-hmm. a monster. So that's why I got the seed going early age, Nebraska boy watching The Legend of Boggy Creek. Interesting. So that got it going. And I think there's a lot of people that have that same story, man. They either. The Legend of Boggy Creek or In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy seeing the, the PG film. I think those are the two probably biggest influencers other than personal experiences. You know what I mean? Starting people off in, in this crazy research world that, that we all got ourselves involved in. Now, it was funny because I met Ken. My, I took a vacation with my, my now ex-wife, my wife and my kids. Um, it, it must be eight, eight, nine years ago now. And, uh, there had been a newspaper article cause you had just had a conference like the week before we got there in Estes park. And I was upset because I'm like, man, I didn't get to go. If we had planned this differently, I could have gone to this thing. It was great. But then I find out about this gas station where people said, Hey, if you like Bigfoot, you should go to this gas station and talk to this guy. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I get there and there's Ken and an entire wall behind the the cashier, you know, the the desk right there. The entire wall is dedicated to Bigfoot and Bigfoot pictures and news clippings. And I don't know how long we sat there and talked and and Ken showed me some of the pictures from his own personal sightings and stuff that he had. And ever since then, I was just blown away with what was going on out there in Estes park and in that area of Colorado, it was absolutely amazing. Um, so, so tell us Ken about your sightings and when did they start? Did you, were you looking for Bigfoot before you had your first experience or did that kind of start you as an adult looking, looking and researching more? Well, from Nebraska, we moved shortly right after that to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we spent like from my, 13, 14 up until now, whatever, in Colorado. And um, when I got to Colorado about 20, 
early 20s. I started up in the uh, Colorado Springs area, the Rampart Range Road, and a road that goes up to Cripple Creek, Colorado. We used to, back in them days, you had three tunnels that went to Cripple Creek. There's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff in that area. And uh, I try to stay in um, Teller County, El Paso County, and uh, just around Colorado Springs, it's got some good areas. It's got South Cheyenne Canyon. You got the Cripple Creek area you can get right into very quickly. Um, but, you know, I never had ever a class sighting, but I would get a lot of stuff in those areas, but I wouldn't get a sighting. And finally, like when I got into about 30, mid 30s, I got married and uh, decided, well, you know, maybe you should go over into the uh, divide area, Teller County, right behind Pikes Peak. So I did some stuff behind there for three years, bought a house right, almost right behind Pikes Peak. I could almost throw a rock at it and uh, got a lot of good stuff in that area. But I never told my wife for a lot of years what I was doing because I couldn't tell her, <laughs> you know, and I knew there was Bigfoots in our backyard up there. And I just said, don't ever let the dogs back there. Not thinking that the Bigfoot <laughs> would tear them up. But if a dog came after them in an aggressive manner, then you have yeah. a different story. You know, I'm just saying. So I never wanted her in the backyard or the dogs. And I decided, well, you know, and my mom, I had to take care of my mom. She's going through some in her head a little bit. And she was feeding and she thought she was feeding bears. And now she's feeding the Bigfoots. And I said, no, we can't do this. And she, but she <laughs> didn't know it. So mm-hmm. so finally, it was just a good, smart thing is, is just get out of uh, divide. And what else can you do now, Ken, is you're getting older now. And uh, what can you do? Because you're getting, you, you've been Bigfooting for a while just then, since then. And back in my early days, we called them woodsies, where we'd go out and drink beers and do the Bigfoot stuff. That was the mountain Colorado stuff called the woodsies. And so I thought, well, where can I have my woodsies now? Um, where do I go now? I'm married. I want to get Diane out of this area. She doesn't really know what I do. She's a nurse, a pretty simple woman. And I just don't know how to bring it to her yet because I had to figure it out. So go to Estes Park, Rocky Mountain National Park right there. Come up here in uh, 2009, walk down the street of Estes Park and went, that's not a Bigfoot anything in this town. That's just, I'm going to bring that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. change that so i start thinking what could i do i went down to a local park called bond park we have a local celebrity called brad fitch and he plays john denver and he's really good and all these people are around and i'm thinking man how does this guy he gets a lot of people here he goes man someday i'm gonna have an event here and we're gonna have a bigfoot thing going here i know we are I said that that's that hearing a voice that tells you things that we get has researchers that we listen to. I'm not saying mm-hmm. common sense things, something else. It's like so something that's it's telling you, it's calling you for it, and you're thinking, man. But I knew how to get this event. So years, I started with giving my own events there. So I got people like David Pilates, my friend. I got people like. Dennis Poles from the Erickson Project. Just, just mm-hmm. good people, good people to start with. And um, um, so I had four events. And like Justin was saying, 
I had that Bigfoot wall in, in a store at Safeway uh, Fuel Center, and that brought, you know, 4.5 million people come through that town. A lot of them like to stop in there and look at that wall like this man did. And I mm -hmm. go through a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes I don't remember everything. But I'm glad that Justin said that I stopped and took time to show him things because it's not about the yeah. glorification of it. Me, a big Bigfoot researcher, it's about education. And like I said about the walking down the street, whew, I get a little bit emotional there. But whew. so <laughs> you go down the street to Messis Park, there's nothing there. I start the Bigfoot stuff, awareness going, people coming in from like Justin did and think, well, I'm getting reports and I'm, and it's just starting to kinder now. Starting to, and then I start going outside and all that whole time I have my own research area. And I got the research area from a local guy who had a sighting who was a fisherman. But anyways, I got the area. I'm doing all my stuff, trying to get Bigfoot awareness. And I would bought an outfit. Like Justin says, I'm a kind of guy that uh, would wear that outfit up and down weekends up S's Park. Mm -hmm. A lot of years walking up and down, getting laughed at. I mean, shunned at. Just, just like this guy's a nut. Why is it this Bigfoot guy walking around? I'm like, I'll show you why. But my friendliness and uh, attractionness didn't draw people away. It brought people, and finally, it was like a mayor came to me and said one year, we can see you what you're doing here. And you know what? We have a lot of festivals here at Essence Park, but I think we can give you a Bigfoot event. And how I kind of got that was building up, and like I said, doing my costumes and trying to have events. But also I had a sighting there in 2013. Mm -hmm. So... I got a sighting up in the Big Thompson Canyon. It's on S's Park News. You can look it up. Google Ken Collins, Bigfoot Sighting, S's Park News. And it comes up. I had a sighting. And that started bringing, like, more awareness. And um, then I had a second sighting in the same area in the same year. And um, we had a flood that year. So I really shook up the wilderness there. So... Getting the sighting, having the event, and a lot of years of being laughed at. And at the beginning, the National Park said to me, when I found my first footprint in like 1212, and that's his park in a, on a ranch, I called Dennis Poles from the Erickson Project. The BFRO came up and ver verified my print on that and says, that's Kenny, that's a big footprint. You got something here. That's kind of was the calling card that opened up a door that if I just kept at it and in this mm -hmm. kind of stuff that we do, you know, a thousand times we do it, a thousand one time we get something. So I got my 1,001 time and I started getting it. But when I did get it, I got two sightings right away. And, you know, we can talk about my first sighting on how all these years of you building yourself up to want to see one, Oh man, when you finally do, <laughs> be prepared because it's a lot different. Uh, and boy, in my podcasts, if you guys look me up, I can go for hours and I get so excited and I can't get it out. And with <laughs> Justin, I said tonight, I'm going to let you guys present questions and I'm going to try to hold my feelings because after all these years of doing this and you get what I have gotten, uh, 
you know, we're going to talk about some things a little later on. This is why I'm going to say when we do talk about things later on, I'm just saying, I can't doubt what anybody says to me anymore. I can't be the one that says, oh, it didn't happen. Or I can be the one to say, yeah, well, you're circling shadows, but whatever. I'm not going to say it didn't happen. I got past that and said, you need to just, you know, uh, Igor Bursath told me the rush from Russia. My buddy said, Kenny, you don't always have to believe what they give you. Just take it and don't have to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. And I went right on, Igor. That's what I meant about earlier about how people got, I rolled people's shoulders on how they rounded me out to be a good researcher. And to get there, you have to work on the end self, like Justin was saying, how I rescue people and all that. That's all. I was a CNA, a married nurse. I have to work on this thing in here before they're going to accept you, before they're even going to give you anything. Why would they want to give you anything? People say, aren't you a... Oh, there's so much of a rabbit hole here. I see I'm getting started. <laughs> I'm getting started here. So I'm going to comma back off and uh, get back on track. But Yeah, but, you see how excited Kenny gets about this, guys? Just like when Grizz gets fired up, man. It, it's a roll. It's, and it, it can be bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we all are. We have to be really careful because, I mean, the first show I did with Grizz, we were at like two, and a, two hours, 18 minutes. Uh, I mean, it was just, but I mean, we had a great topic and I was showing my research, but, um, Kenny guys, he's got so much stuff out there. And the, the sad thing is a lot of researchers don't know who Kenny is and, or they don't look at his stuff. And what, what's, what's so sad about that is he has amazing stuff. He has your, your, your trackway that you have. And I, we got pictures of his Grizz, um, <clears throat> with with the the juvenile track yeah right there's not very many people with researchers out there that find track sets like you do and you have the one where you had the trackway going on and then the juveniles like suddenly appeared right because like the idea is the mom like set it down alongside the river or something and then further on the tracks disappear again like the mom picked the baby up yeah and and We've got pictures of that. He's he's got pictures of it. He's followed it through, um, and and the picture that you showed me on the wall of red, you can see it through the trees. You know your your big picture. It, it's really sad because I've seen you post this, and unfortunately, when you post it, the clarity doesn't come through Picks like up. when you're looking at it on the wall. Nope, and it, it, it it's horrible. Yeah. Because like I, I stood that you guys know me, I'm detail oriented. I'm going to analyze the heck out of something. And I've got this big picture on the wall in front of me. And it was very clear to me what I was seeing. And you, the reason like I could tell it was there, I mean, there's a, it's an auburn red, you know, orangutan color kind of thing. Yep. And there was a motion blur to it yep. where you could see that it was moving in the picture. Yeah. And then the trees themselves were perfectly clear that there was no pixelation. This was old film guys, like old school printed Kodak. And you could tell there was something there, the size of it, the bulk of it, that it was in motion. It wasn't one of these shadows. It wasn't just, Oh, that could be a bush. That could be a stump. You know, this was, it was amazing. Like there wasn't a face. There wasn't, anything like that but yeah here's some of the, the tracks can you pull up the pictures individually off of that set grizz or guys i had thousands i could have sent you i guess no, yeah not the way they uh yeah i did not on that one 
Okay, there you go. So, Ken, walk us through some of these, man, and then tell us what we're looking at here as far as kind of location, as close as you want to tell people, and, and the story behind these pictures. Well, you know, uh, uh, after the two sightings in Estes Park, I mm -hmm. jumped over across the mountain over Trail Ridge Road and went on over into an area near Yampa, Colorado. And we... And me and another friend named Jason, we started a research area. We did a decade up there. What got us going there is uh, prior um, uh, habituations there and having mm -hmm. about 100 or more contact <laughs> interactions with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. From eye shine, touching, poking, being at the tent looking at us looking at out the tent looking at them with eye shine and watching one that was called that's the daddy there that offspring <laughs> that this one had was named elvis and we called him elvis because it was a big foot with long hair it was beautiful and we called him elvis so we'll where well before jason bothered me on something here he would he'd stay away from my area he would because he respected me but he knew what i was doing what i was doing i was down here in this reservoir down here taking prints and getting castings and and finding little ones i'm like wait a minute look at these little ones and they're only they can range from five and a half inches three inches but the smallest is about three, uh, but five and a half that uh, that I sent these guys in a video will show you how inline this was and how this little one was walking and how if you took the foot and put it in a shoe, it'd be a size five, it'd be about a little adolescent, 20 months old. But they're not out there walking around a reservoir like that, guys, up there in a straight inline walk like how I find them. And what JD was talking about earlier was in this reservoir i see track lines where there's just one track line and you can see her something had set something down and they went to a y obviously mm -hmm. she's carrying it put it down they went off like a v it just shows a you know uh but this is an area near yampa we did a 10-year study we watched a little one grow and what i was doing as i was getting these footprints and i looked down and one of them's got a distended toe and it's like stuck out from the others. And you could tell the different type of characteristics in the foot. I found it three years later with the toe being more extended out and bigger. So I have a track that's three years apart showing there's a pod up there living in the same reservoir that I get prints in. Well, my buddy Jason watched me do all this and went up to a reservoir a mile away from me. So for a year or so, he's doing the same thing I'm doing casting prints he finds one that's got a nominee in the foot last year at a baw event in colorado he saw my prints he comes up says kenny my gosh all these years later i want to tell you that i've gotten the same prints that you've gotten but as researchers what what jd was saying earlier we don't get along sometimes and people don't want to <laughs> share their things and and i was like oh my god look what we've got jason and look how much more i could tell you tonight what i've gotten out of that area but mm -hmm. I, I got two researchers together researchers together who were in areas but they stayed away from each other i didn't know about jason's of course but he knew about me so he gets one a mile above me guys so what we did is we put the puzzle together and thought they're walking around up there, walking around down here. 
and we know that there's a family here. One of them loves Jason. His name is the Elvis one, and he <laughs> he, he just loves Jason. So Jason has a book out called Harry's Guys. It's on Gore stories of Sasquatch in, in the Colorado Rockies. And if you ever read that, that's the area where I've gotten what we're going to show tonight as far as the sightings and UFOs and, uh, you know, so for this footprint here, oh, I'll just stop here and let you guys, um, we'll get back on track here. Yeah. No, yeah, go that's ahead. good. Go for it. Keep going. So in that area of that range, we know there's Sasquatches in there. So my uniqueness of the BFRO, when I used to go up with those guys actually are the ones who gave me the area because that's where we went one time and I've had some good stuff there and I just kept coming back. And uh, sometimes in the BFRO, they don't like that because they, that's where they do their excursions <laughs> some years, but oh, well, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Go up there and get what you want, guys. It's not about you can't do it. It's when are you going to do it and go do it. So mm -hmm. don't, worry about, don't worry about what they think and what they're doing. I'm not dogging those guys. I'm just saying, out of respect from them, I got the area and it was a good area. And, and, um, the mud, they would never go down into the reservoir because they thought there's humans down there too. Yeah. Humans and Bigfoots, we run together. We're going to cross. Come on guys, open up a little more. And mm -hmm. I'm always the one that was the unorthodox one. I was the one that didn't stay around a campfire and drink and I'm not saying they did all that all the time, but I was the one that was out and I was doing things. And, and like Jason says, I, or JD was saying, I'm kind of the one that was, uh, you know, watch Kenny, watch out. Well, you know what? <laughs> stick, with me, stick with me and we're going to get some stuff. All of these prints are from that area. Mm -hmm. And I am not saying that every one of these are Bigfoot. What I'm saying is I like to cast. I like to show uh, that prints impressions in that area what i'm getting you make your own mind up and a lot mm -hmm. of them a lot of them are i mean some i get some pretty good ones but uh as far like this one and uh go down to the bottom go over to the left right go in three right there that i like that right there you got it i like that one if i took this mm -hmm. one right next to patty print at the at the donut shop or we have patty's print it looks the same right there i love that one and then these others got a lot of four toes. Sometimes a little pinky don't come down, guys, but you're going to get four mm -hmm. toes. These guys. Where? Stage was in right there. I want to point something out real quick. So the one we we're just looking at, notice how the toes look like just little grapes at the end of the foot, right? Okay. And then look at the one right next to it. and has these really long toes. Yep. Right? So here's the idea behind that, guys, is that their feet are hyper flexible compared to ours and a lot of times you find these prints with the little grape toes what that is is they have their toes curled up this way and and they're walking this way and their toes are curled up and then my belief is when they need extra traction or you know they're running or whatever they kind of bring those toes out and they get extra grip with them kind of like fingers and that's where we see like these other ones that have longer toes and longer toe prints. See that? And, and there've been tracks found where they talk about how the toes are just dug right into the side of like a steep hill 
And that's how they can climb these amazingly steep hills because they're literally like jamming their toes in for traction, like a mountain climber with, with uh, the spikes on their toes. And I, I love these tracks because I think they kind of exemplify that, that theory and that process. I like it. See those, those are some, some really great tracks and uh, you can see the, the sticks and stuff and the breaks from the mud and other ones you can see whatever that mid tarsal break is. I mean, guys, these, these are a great set of tracks and I like them because they're not all the same. And that's a very important thing. Yeah. You know, because there is more than one of these creatures and they're different. We have different ages and even the same age ranges there. They have different feet, different morphologies. Some have injuries, some don't. And like you said, you had one that had an extended toe, you know, yeah. and just like humans, there's variations. And then that's one of the things I look for when I'm looking at a, a researcher to kind of follow and study. Do all their footprints look kind of the same? See that flexation on this, the straight one? Yeah. Right, right there. Right. Right. Look at in. that. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's, that's look at that flex. That's yeah. I mean when I saw that, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, at that flexation there. And you know, uh, I got to be careful how I talk tonight about as far as where I've been and what I've seen. Mm -hmm. But I have seen a skeleton and a picture and of the Bigfoot in his. I got to be careful. So in the foot though, <laughs> it two bones like this, and I'm thinking, well, I don't think there's. In the picture, though, what they were presenting me, 12-foot Bigfoot, but in the feet, it was like two bones right here. And I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. see that. But you look at that, you think, what a flexation like JD was talking about, how they can flex that part of their foot and use it to their advantage in climbing, like you're saying. Yep. Mm -hmm. And another thing. And uh, let's I talk about that skeleton. So what did it look like? <laughs> so what did it look like? The you the know, skeleton, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, did it look know, like guys, a human? You know, guys. Uh, I, what I have to be careful about is uh, it hasn't ever ever been presented out. People know mm -hmm. about it. Few of the good researchers inside the darkness know about it. But I was invited to an area, and was presented before anybody else even saw this. And the skeleton looked like some of it could have been cow bones, but if you look at the pelvis, I think to myself, that is the biggest pelvis I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen it pelvis. I don't know. I don't know, guys. What did it look like? Um, but they said it was a Bigfoot. Uh, I, out of my respect for them, I'm going to say it was. And I uh, just look like a 12-foot skeleton with no head because it was devoured by the creatures of the night before they could get it all together and it was not really disarrayed but the head was missing and there was a questionable about the feet to me i wanted it right away to go with the feet i love casting i wouldn't go with the head <laughs> arms i go with the feet and i was looking at him like what's the but that's how i saw it so hmm. okay all right this so picture. here's the here's the picture that we were talking about yeah. And again, it doesn't do it justice when you when you do it on media like this. Yeah, um, that was just, you know my first sighting in two thirteen was uh, 
I saw a little one about 80 yards out. And that was my first ever sighting was that 2013 sighting ever as far as first one. First ever is your first sighting. Oh, mm-hmm. like, wow. That was a sighting that said to me that I couldn't do anything. I had to walk away because something was telling me to walk away, come back another day. He has that picture of the first sighting here. We'll probably show it. This is the second okay. This is the second sighting. So I'm going to skip a little bit. Let's go to the second sighting here. So on the second sighting, I get three of them. There's good. There's a good one of red. That trackway is up in the Wild Basin area. So look at that smash cookie print. I could have sent these guys thousands of pictures, and we can go through a smorgasbord. <laughs> put the picture up, and I'll tell them. That is one looking yeah. on, around the corner of the tree. He was the first one I saw. So when I talk about the first sighting, okay. About a month later, he brought three of them with him. He brought this one, and he brought the red one. He's brought a baby one over way over to the left. But this is the second sighting, okay? It's big red, and I was so close that I thought if when he turned to look, I right thought, there, yep, nope, go go, go to red. <laughs> one more to the other way. Nope, other way. One more. There. Right there. Yep. Now, there we go. So, That's so red. Big, so big red. If you there you go. So if you take and what Justin was talking about the movement. See that light moving. It was so. It was so. It was about noon. So the sun is shining on his back. He's got a nice. Like he said, the coat was red arbin, mm-hmm. and he's moving his arm right there, guys. So what he's doing is he's flexing his arm up, and his fist is right by that branch. You see, like a branch right there. His fist is right up in there. It's so big. It looks like a bowling ball. But from his shoulders, if you walk up the tree a little bit, you see uh, shoulders. and But you see his head in between these branches. He's got his nose facing where his fist is. He's like walking the same. He's busting out of the tree. And I only was able to take one picture because I had three of them. And I had the one that he showed that was peeking around the corner it was there and what i was doing it was i was watching his baby and that's what brought this red one out because mm-hmm. what happened is i jumped off the rock and the baby screamed at me why because i'm freaking only two and a half feet from it right there he's cribbed it's cribbed in this little area and it's got this big honking ear he looked like a little baby i went back and looked at pictures of i'm just saying i don't believe that they're monkeys but he looked like a little baby chimpanzee with a big ear and it was just it was just screaming. This one popped out of the tree. What line. kind of noise was it making? This noise, just this not like a baby wham. Different. It was just huh. this this high pitch, like. And I'm looking back because I thought I'm. He's right there. The other one's looking at me around the corner, <laughs> like you guys showed the one picture. I said, "Here I am, getting his soul." You know, you can never get these stories in a perfect way. It's happened 10 years ago, and I still don't get it outright. But mm-hmm. with the red one, it bursted out from the tree. I mean, it threw his fist up, and it didn't look at me right away. But when it took about three steps, it did turn at me. And when it turned, it took its whole body. It didn't do this neck thing. It went, the whole thing turned at me. And in his eyes, I saw this look of disgust and content because i've been in that area for three months 
habituating. Got that first sighting. Now I'm getting the second one. It was 2013. We had the floods going on here in Estes. And we were shut down. And these mountains were, were shook up. So he's bringing out things. We brought out Big Red. Big Red also, after this sighting, a lady came to me from Safeway and said she saw it in her yard after a hailstorm. And she looked out to take a picture of the hail and she saw this thing looking over a fence at her. So it kind of shows that same year. All right. I got some similarity that it was spotted somewhere else. But when it turned and looked at me with its eyes and that look at me, I, all I thought was, my God, all it has to do is take three steps off the rock and just bend on top of me. But then I look back to the other one that was looking around the corner and I'm like, hey, I saw you not too long ago. I'm not here to hurt you guys. And I know what this little one was doing. I had enough. And people think that at that time that you're going to, why don't you take a bunch of pictures and all that? Well, why don't you come with me? And and, and most, of the time <laughs> I, I, most of the time I do my stuff by myself. I don't want to be the one to be with somebody to have to get them out of there. And it happened to me once and I, I, last year with a situation like that. I had to get people in. You got to get them out. And I don't want that because I got my own type of way of doing it. But with Big Red and the way he looked at me with that, uh, with these eyes and his, a look of disgust and content, he looked like Kane the wrestler, protruding brow, protruding brow, and guys had no expression. It wasn't this high. It was just this, you know. If I could, I'd. I, and I thought, I didn't think that. I didn't think he would hurt me. So. Wow. But it was. Oh, there we go. It was close. It was it was after the first sighting. And in the first sighting, I had to do something to myself in that first sighting because I wouldn't accept. Why does it tell me to go away and come back? Because Red's waiting on you. And Kenny, you're going to learn about why we talk about in this UFO abductions and how we lose our time. And, and what happened to me that day was I went back to my truck in tears as a, a grown man fighting saying why am i walking from this first sighting it was right there i tell people all oh, you suck walk over there i didn't i walked away but it told me to come back and i got the second sighting but i learned from the first one that they do can sizzle you they could do something to you to zap you i didn't accept that for a lot of years later guys i didn't think ah yeah right that's what it did it put you in something it made you go away but you know what it gave you something that says i'll give you something to come back well, I love you guys so much. I don't ever carry guns. I don't go out with malice. I'll go out with a, a intent of love. And, hey, can I have a sighting today? If I don't, I don't. hundred damn times you're going to do it. You might get something, and it keeps you going. Because a lot of times we mm -hmm. do this. We always want something. We don't get it. We want it right away. Blah, blah, blah. Earn it. Go out and do this yeah. stuff and go through this stuff. Go through holidays and, and birthdays and family time. And all these years are gone now. And my kids say to me, you spent everything out looking in the woods for these things. And I say to myself, yeah, but look what Justin said earlier. I can start bringing stuff to people and showing them things. And not showing it all in a sense. I'm this big, Bigfoot researcher. Showing that there's a side to these things. When you do find them, they're going to change you. They're going to open up doors for you. They're going to change your world, your life, your family. So, and see, here I go on that. I did very, <laughs> I did very good. I said that in a sense where... <laughs> it does get to you guys. The emotions and the uh, mm -hmm. the after the shock. Uh, you talk, you know, servicemen. It's not like them, and they're in their service. They go through traumatic stuff in their lives too. Traumatically, in our lives, we go through a lot of stuff that, and with this Bigfoot stuff going down, 
what I've seen and stuff and experience, I, a lot of times in the, the older years, I can't accept um, that maybe there's something else with these things, that they're not just these monkeys, but there's an alien in there. And I'll show you how I've learned that too. Mm -hmm. So you've you've just oh, recently oh, been involved in, in some some kind of films, right? Some some documentaries or well when I talk about I hope I, I don't know where I jumped off the boat from, but you're you're fine. This is the rabbit hole, man. We follow tangents. We love it. We love going wherever it takes us. Okay. Well, you asked about the movie, so yeah, yeah. And a lot of years out there when I was doing this. We were getting orbs and we're thinking, what is with, with these orbs in the Bigfoots? So we have an event called the Bigfoot Adventure Weekend sponsored through Alan, me, Gargle, and, and Ron Myers and Jesse um, Morgan. And they have an event each year. We go up the little area near uh, Bailey, Colorado, called the Lost Creek Wilderness Area. And it's near a place called Wellington Lake, hot spot of Bigfoots um, all the time in the Bailey area and Wellington Lake area. Lost Creek Wilderness is an area that in our event, we have an excursion that I we take people out. There's like four captains and we take about 10 people out per team. Well, my team that particular year, I only had two because Jim knows I might lose them. If you don't keep up with me and listen to me out there, you, I'm just going to leave you. I mean, you got to listen. If you want to be this one that's going to go and do your own thing and, and wander off and, and, and disrespect, uh-uh, you're not with me. So Jimmy stuck two with me. Stuck a Native American with me one year that wanted to play drums and nobody else wanted him. I said, you come with me. Because you know what, buddy? At one time, I was that guy. I was that guy in the back of the events, lifting my hands up. Nobody say a word to me. Now I'm the guy who's doing the events and picking you guys out because you guys mm -hmm. never had a chance. So I says, buddy, come with me. Plus, I'm Native American, too. My cousin's Miss America, the first full-blooded Miss America, Native American Cherokee to win the Miss America Award. So I have ended in heritage. I had that respect. So I says, come with me, buddy. So he came with me, and another friend came with me one particular night. What I'm talking about is this orb right here. And what happened is on that night, on the daytime, we go up to the area that Jim says, you guys go to this area and with my sensory i said i took us I, I, we all went there me and the, the two guys went to this area and i says you know what we're not staying here i i feel like we need to go down so i moved us to this other area well we found a footprint we go up on a, we don't know where we're going they're following me i'm the one they got to follow so I'm taking us up these mountains. I get up on this rocky ridge, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel it. It's here. All of a sudden, there's a darn smash print in the ground, and it is hard to get a smash any print unless you're in the mud or snow here. Nice, beautiful smash print. So I get the movie producer. We go back down. We get the movie producer to come up, and we cast that print. It's going to be – it's in this movie that I'm going to talk about. So got a smash print. I'm thinking, hey, we got something here tonight. I mean, I moved us. My feeling says that's our calling card. So we're going to come back in about four hours. It'll be dark. So we come back to the area. I have my two guys. And the print is flipped out of the ground with the nature side up. Makes sense. They didn't like the cast side. Something flipped it out of the ground, put the nature side up. So we got the print. And I said then. Something's going to happen tonight. We're, we're, it's a good calling card here. So that particular 
darkness comes in. Uh, the Native American gets up on a rock and he starts playing his drums, right? But he's getting frustrated. He's like, I can't remember. What's wrong with me? I'm thinking to myself, he's getting zapped. And I go, don't you know about your Native American heritage, your spiritual side of this? And he's just getting just. But I asked the guys that night, if you do see something, let's not be disrespectful. Let's not be screaming and freaking out. And the other guy that was with me was sick. And he says, what do I do? I, I don't feel good. I go, just take pictures, bro. Can you do that for me? If you see something, you see me moving, you stick with what I'm doing. What I'm doing, you take pictures because I'm going to draw it. So we're there and, and Native Americans getting frustrated. And I walk away from it because it was having a negative. I walk away. All of a sudden, it was like Art says in a voice, can't eat or something, walking up the ravine that we went up. I hear it over here. So what I did was I... Before Art said that he heard something, guys, I go to a rock because I walk away from the Native American because he's getting frustrated. I look up and here it comes. I have a military Gen 3 scope and I have a camera hanging here. I put my scope up and I'm looking at this and it's coming through this orb. What I did is I put the scope down and said, Kenny, all these years of doing this, you're so seasoned. What do you do? You get a picture of it. Whew get my camera <laughs> because the gen 3 scope's not going to capture nothing so i go mm -hmm. i got it i got it just one put it back down and then art says kenny i hear something coming up the ravine and i'm like i gotta get away from this go over and a pat get over about 20 feet over to my left and i'm looking and put the gen 3 back up and here comes a little one walking about four feet high he's booking towards this orb and then I see it go down, and that's all. And I'm like, and Art can hear me just saying these words, because I'm like, did you guys like? Can anybody see this but me? Yeah. <laughs> Lucky enough, <clears throat> Art was taking the pictures. Guys, I'm doing all this. He's like doing what I said he should do. He listened to me. He's got a soul of purity, a puritan. It's like right on, bro. We are so shook up after all this. I got everybody, and I says, we got to get them off this mountain. I mean, well, this is what you're here for, guys, ain't it? Yeah, but, you know, enough's enough. Let's <laughs> put our stuff together. It was a pretty good that's, – that's, that's – yeah. So it took us a while to get everything together. Art says, I said, all right, I got – look at this beautiful picture. He goes, yeah, well, look at this one. He, I, got an, I didn't send the other one because – I didn't know if Justin was getting these pictures so I could send a bunch. If I'd have known, oh my goodness, it'd be a thousand. <laughs> but the opening, what Art got was it opening. So he's got it opening and it's yellow inside and it's, it's an opening. It's like, what's that little one running to the orb? Kenny, all these years of doing this, have you seen things out here and and you've seen the eye shine? The the energy that they have, uh, I can see a, another dimension that they could go into. And I and we're seeing it in this movie called Alien Contact in the Rockies. And Ron and Jesse and Alan produced it. And it talks about my orb experience, Alien Contact in the Rockies. It also talks about a portal up near Estes Park that we got on some land that we think maybe that something was coming out of the portal eating on a dead carcass that was gifted 
to us in an area to where we left a gift with a feather in it. What did they come back with? A gift uh, with a headless deer. <clears throat> no blood. That looked like it was drug in there. Looked like it was dropped in there. And so it talks about that and Estes Park and um, the alien contact in the Rockies. So with all these years of doing the Bigfoot stuff and and being a, uh, working on my inner my inner soul for them to accept me and you know with the Bigfoot realm, I took all that energy. And I went down from my, I went to my home state, like Justice says, a lady wanted some help <clears throat> in um, her museum in Nebraska. And I'm a Nebraskan. So I says, you know what? Go there and maybe, and there's some good researchers there. I'm not mm -hmm. saying not. I'm just saying as a Nebraskan, go there, bring some of this Colorado stuff to you and see what we can do there. And these, these riverways and then these, uh, open vast cornfields they're in there right well i got with the omaha tribe in macy nebraska the right around mm -hmm. the river they don't accept a lot of people especially white men got to be invited and if you do go they kind of give you a sense like they don't want you there well some do some don't the tribal chief there when I first came, I have a Bigfoot guy on my truck, you know, because the museum put it there. I'm jumping around. I'm talking about Harriet and the museum, but I'm going back a little bit in Nebraska to this, the tribal, because I went there and they thought I was an egotistic, title-like kind of guy. By the time I left that reservation, they were like, Kenny, we got you wrong. <laughs> we got you way wrong. And what I did is I brought Igor out and another guy, and they're disrespectful. So I says, well, getting off the reservation because we don't do, you're not doing what they've asked. So we're gone. And Igor's from, hopefully I'm from Russia here. And here I am kicking a guy. I mean, no, we're not doing this suspect. Something happened, I don't know what to go into. I just know that as researchers, we, we just didn't, and this guy I love. Come on, man, he's a, he's from Russia. He's my buddy that studied the, all kinds of stuff. But anyways, mm -hmm. so the, uh, kick him off. So I get a phone call, go back. Uh, to the reservation a month after this happened, this incident with, you know, and they said, Kenny, come with me. The chief did. He says, I'm taking out to an area. I said, okay, so we go out there. We have a few other people with us, but he holds them back. And he says to them, to me, come with me. I go with them. Long story, because I'm making it long, but he makes me walk out by myself. But prior to walking out to this area, we could see this big eye shine. And this thing is walking around, and you can see him turn his head because he's one-eyed, and you see him come back, and he's looking at you. And he goes, that's Chatanga. That's mm -hmm. our native chair. That's our native Bigfoot on this land that been with us. Can he go meet Chatanga? I'm like, what? Go. And I just walk, guys, about 50 yards out. I get out here, and I'm like, oh, here it came at me. This thing came at me. I could hear the chief going, whoa, whoa. They came at me, they got in front of me, and I'm looking up and I'm like, looking at it, I'm thinking, can I touch you? It was like this mass. I'm like, can I touch you? And all of a sudden, guys, I just backed off. And I walked past the chief and he looked at me and he goes, I'm so sorry, Kenny. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. what did you do? He goes, I'm testing your strength. I'm testing your strength your courage what 
the heck is wrong with you? Aren't you afraid of these things? He goes, I don't know why she's not going to come after you. He doesn't do that. He goes, I don't send my own people there. He goes, but I tricked you tonight. My God, what is it? And I went, well, remember when the guys were out here a month ago? We had a disrespectfulness. Man, Shatanga was coming to me to say, thank you, brother. Thank you for you know, and I, was like, I was like, I am going to touch the spirit of a Sasquatch. I've done this a lot of years. I've seen your eyes shine. I've been touched almost by you, but I am right there with this Chatanga that they call on this reservation. And here I am at 61 years old. I'm thinking, Kenny, wow. I mean, and, and the chief elders, the elders sat down the next morning before I left the reservation. They all heard about it. They come to me like, dude we heard you know kind of like not talking like that but they're like we are just we heard what happened and we want you to know that we live with these things they're sacred to us we, and you know we pray to them we know we don't respect disrespect them and what happened last night is very special because a lot of white men won't get that we won't let them come here and get what you get you have something kenny that they want you they like and uh how was that i guess it was in tears almost i was like my god you know I have Native American in me, and I'm experiencing something to, that happened to me out there on a reservation that they protect these things. They pray to them before they do anything. There's no disrespect. There's Bigfoots come to them. And mm -hmm. uh, so I learned. And I know I, why I tell that story is uh, is uh, at my age, I've seen a lot in, in, in this, what we do. And, and what I did that night was connecting with this. And uh, the tribals come and get me, give me their blessings on it. Whew. I mean, I, you know, and so now <laughs> we jump <laughs> off to another sense of what Justin was talking about. Another movie is with Harriet. I'm sorry, with the person in Nebraska, I went back to help with the uh, <laughs> museum. She posted online the person that wanted help, didn't have money. I didn't even hesitate. I'm down there knocking on her door. She opens it. She doesn't even know me. She's like, who are you? And I don't have money and leave. And I'm like, no, I'm here to help you. I was there a month <laughs> and uh, stayed with her. And we did a museum, guys, a Bigfoot. Her dream, she's, you know, she's 80 something years old. She's making a Bigfoot museum out of her home and her garage, everything. I thought that was so cool. So I went down and helped her. I tried to get yeah. the uh, established and she has Nebraska Bigfoot conferences and uh, will help her do all that for about four mm -hmm. years. And uh, I got it. I thought while I was down there, you know, buy a house here because they're cheap. So I went out to a little town called Blue Hill, bought a house. And during the whole time that I'm helping Harriet, I'm also remodeling this old house I bought. And in the house, a lady had passed away. She lived there 60 years. The family did. The lady passed away. And in the house, all those years of rebuilding it, I kept talking to her her name was ruby and i'd say stuff like ruby i'm i'm gonna do this to your house today and we're just like i fell in love with this ghost it's like this person who lived there that i knew lived here that nobody took care of because i was told by neighbors that when she had it things times and needs nobody was there for her because she's you know how we are when we're older maybe sometimes the family don't take care of their i'm not, oh i gotta be mm -hmm. careful I'm just saying, maybe something <laughs> don't get taken care of in a way they should be. And she was in neglect and and demise. She lived by herself since she died in the house, died in this one room. And I and this house was dilapidated, guys. But it's a beautiful 
almost a 5,000 square foot home with just beautiful woodwork and it's just falling down. I brought it all back out. So one day I'm in a dirt basement in our basement and down in that basement was this door. It was ugly. I don't know what was wrong with it. It had blood running down and I'm like, what's going on with this door? And, uh, uh, someday I'm going to tear his room out because that's not right, that door. So anyways, I'm down there working and I, I mix it some cement, got some dirt walls and I see the string on the light that's hanging down. It's doing this, twirling. And I look down, I had a bucket of water under me and a, and a Home Depot bucket, old bucket. The bucket was found in the basement. I just used it. That mold on it was old and it was twirling a little bit that's why i talk about the energy when i'm looking at shatanga and seeing that i'm also looking at water that's turning and i'm thinking oh, my god i've seen a lot of energy and i've been touching bigfoots and all i shatanga but that was i went upstairs and told my wife and she says i don't know what's going on down in that basement i'm never going down there and i need to tear that room out so after that i started thought well okay that's what i'll do so i get in there and i start tearing out guys i find a box it's got this um doll in it it's got horns on it and then it's got a chunk of coal and a book in there it's 185 years old it's written in german it's satanic and i'm thinking you found what was going on in this basement so with alan and ron doing the first alien contact in the rockies and i know them pretty well now I'm thinking, hey, guys, I know that you guys do more than Bigfoot. You do other things. I have something for you. They were didn't want to really interact. I, I pushed it. I said, my God, you got to see what's going on. So when they came out, guys, and did the, uh, when you watch the movie called A Haunting in Blue Hill, you're going to mm-hmm. see another part of how <clears throat> a certain people can draw things to them. And obviously, I had Ruby with me. In that basement, there was so much going from intelligent questions, answering right back. Wasn't this, and you think you heard something, it was clear. Yes, or I'm not going to give it up. But the, <laughs> the interaction we had in my basement, and Ruby was, wow. with, Ruby was with us that night in that basement. You guys, you got to see it. Um, how? Well, I was definitely keep an eye out for those, for sure. So that's um, second, that's the second movie of that okay. experience I had with the ghost and Ruby and just showing how the connection there doesn't always got to be. It could be anything. Yeah. It's the person. I'm, I'm going to break in. We're, I want to couple cover a couple different things before yeah. we, we close off here. Uh, first, um, when I first met you, I was living outside of Omaha, uh, Nebraska area, guys. And I know who exactly you're talking about on the res up there because I never met them in person, but I was Facebook friends with them, uh, the Omaha Bigfoot people out, out there. And, and you know, those guys are legit. I, I, it was part of my first ventures into, uh, you know, what people like to call the woo of Bigfoot is, is listening to these guys, talking to these guys and their experiences because I was really interested in what indigenous people native americans thought of them and interacted with them but in current times not just you know our elders did this and then ancient times but how were they dealing with it now and so i know exactly who you're talking about there um, and i have utmost respect for those guys so 
I just want the audience know that. Like, I, I know where he's talking about. I know who he's talking about. And then there, there's some really great guys. Uh, but I want to wrap around to the footprint, the giant story. Um, I've told what I can remember of when I said that you were the guy that handled this, that the lady called and said, Hey, I need some help. I saw something outside my window. Uh, Grizz, if you can pull up that footprint, if you can find it from before. And Kenny, if you want to tell us the story about this giant, a literal giant in Nebraska. And, uh, Guide Rock, Nebraska guys, they dug a canal through there and they found 90 giants in Nebraska, Guide Rock Giants. Not a lot of people don't know about that. They just like, they just don't know. And I thought, I'm not far from there. And heck, if they walk there, they can walk here too. So, <laughs> and I said earlier, right, I'm not going to deny what anybody saw. They said they saw a leprechaun and it was on the back of a kangaroo jumping down the street. Okay. I can't say it didn't because what I've seen out there, I can't be the one to say, no, you didn't see it. So she mm -hmm. calls me. Like she's living on a farm. She's in like a sheep wagon. And one night she said she looked out in this thing at least 30 feet tall. And she said the sun was, the moon was behind it. She could see the shoulder to silhouette. Yeah, I don't have it. Can you send me the picture, please? Yeah, I'll send it back to you. Keep going, can you? So she says she sees the silhouette, and I'm thinking to myself, God, Kenny, just bite it. I mean, you know, maybe she did. I okay, so. I get a call back that she fell on print on the area where she's staying there in that sheep wagon. So I'm like, okay, I might go to me, come look. So I got to be, you know, in the start of years of doing this, I got, you know, I wanted to just show a before. So I showed a before of a ending print. It looks like it's been there a little bit. Uh, it's got some season in it as far as grass growing. I mean, it's not like a fresh print. It's huge. And it's not like the ones you say it's got the toes, but it's got the everything that's characteristics. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna. She goes, "Would well, you just cast it for me?" I'm like, "You know, I'm not gonna shoot on. I'm not gonna deny her that." I said, "Sure, I cast it." And you know, I'm not worried about if I get laughed at and all this. Oh, it's not, not whatever, guys. Let's just do it. <laughs> so I did it, and I cast this thing. I don't know how many bags of concrete. It's huge. Almost couldn't get it up out of the ground, but. I guess what I could say is it, it was on in a corn. There it is. It was in a cornfield. It was by a uh, an area where uh, it could come off the road and step into that area. But what I liked about is when I do my castings, I don't blow the print out. I pour to where the cookie cut is. If it's in there, I pour it to that. I don't try to blow it out. That's just what I did. I'm not trying to in there trying to. Uh, deform the print by digging out a heel or any of that. I just go in, needs a little cleaning and blow something out. Maybe pull a, you could leave all your sticks and rocks in there, whatever you want. But I just, what I did, I just casted this print for this lady and we called it the giant print and, um, and take it what it is. I, I just know that uh, her story, the way she told me, and you can tell people's stories sometimes how they are. Just look genuine about it. And that's like, I can't accept it didn't happen. I can't accept it did. All I can do is just be the one to present it and help her. And I hope that, you know, one day the giant comes back. But <laughs> that's just what I did, guys. It's just a simple helping someone, not saying, not being this negative and 
you know, I'm not this guy that's got a thousand books. I don't sit out a, a book signing thing. I don't do any. I just a simple research with dirt under my nails and a print in my hand and my mouth going. And when somebody comes to me with a passionate something and I, I just go at it and this is what the results are. Yeah, and, and I remember you messaged me just after this happened and you said the same thing to me. You're like, dude, I don't I don't even know what to make of this. No. All, all I can do is tell you what happened and what I did. And this was the result of, of getting this footprint. And, and it's the same thing I tell people. Like, I can't give you a definitive. I know the story. I know what you told me. Here's our evidence of it. You have to make up your own mind with it. But when you have something like this, you, you know, I mean, it, it no longer is just so-and-so said such and such. You know, now there, there's something tangible to kind of go with it. There you go. That's why I try to show a, a visual mm -hmm. castings to kind of give you guys. It used to be a time I didn't. It's kind of nice to have a visual, kind of give a little bit more of what, it, you know, what we yep. were doing. So, but if you look at it, yeah, it's got one side. It would be a right foot if you take it and just flip it up. That, uh, that anomaly over here would flip over to there. It would be a right foot. If you walk mm -hmm. it up, up to the top, you kind of see the, I don't know, I told whatever, but um, that's, a, it's, uh, um, I don't know, it was in Nebraska. And but, uh, Was there any other impressions around it, or was that just like the one thing that we found? Just the one thing, because from there, it would go into the cornfields, so it would be okay. corn after that. So maybe with the corn being like that, it wouldn't go in. Because he steps on the corn, and she, it acts like a barrier, maybe, and won't let it press. I don't know. I'm just saying. But and mm -hmm. then stride was was probably a long, big. It would make sense because the stride, oh, yeah. stride from the dirt to that corn. Oh, my goodness, I don't know how big the stride was, but my goodness, you think it'd be a long stride? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted wanted to bring that up because, right like I said, we've talked about it before. Right on. I didn't know that you were so into that one because you know. Oh like, yeah, dude. You know, like I said, sometimes you do things and it's like you're you're getting laughed at and ridiculed, like Igor. Yeah. Igor with the, the with the uh, Bigfoot on the phone. That was the phone my, call. That was my event, and I love Igor. And when he did that, I was like, uh. Yeah, oh, that that's even that was much. that's even too much. That was too much. That was it. Yeah. So, so, Guys, but, he's talking about Dr. Igor Bertsev out of Russia, runs the Hominology Institute. Uh, I've met Dr. Igor myself up here. Or not, I'm in Florida right now, but up in Tennessee. I met Dr. Igor up there. Uh, coincidentally, the same time I met my now fiance, just after other Jen was watching, she's probably asleep by now. Yeah. Uh, but at the same event where I met her, I also met Dr. Igor, um, Janet, or Janice, sorry, uh, Carter. Yep. yep. And, and Robin and Robin McCray. Yeah. Yeah. I met all them at the same time because they were up there speaking and doing their thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one, that was a little much even for me. I, I thought that was a pretty big faux pas and uh, definitely I think ruined his, his credibility and Sim I'm not vouching saying it was real or it wasn't real. I'm not going to get into that debate. I'm just going to get into the fact that I think that really ruined a lot of his, his credibility uh, here stateside, unfortunately. And to me, he wouldn't care. He is. He wouldn't care at all. Nope. He 
I love the man. Not one bit. And I know he'd just be like, oh, well. <laughs> That's exactly it. He, he would not care one way or the other. He's not in it for notoriety. He's not in it to anything. He just hair. wants to put it out. He's got some interesting stuff that he's done. Yep. And, uh, like you said, it kind of shoots that down. But yeah, he's, you know, it's all right. That's all right. All right, man. Hey, man, I really thanks for you coming hey, on. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm drinking Mountain Dew on my show without giving me any. Come on. Not <laughs> I, I covered the label. Nah, you're <laughs> fine. My mouth is like. <laughs> hey, yeah. Chris. Nice talking. I got my jug. Yeah, nice absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Orange juice, really? Anyways. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed let's it. Again, um, let's do a smorgasbord yeah. one where I blast you a bunch of pictures and we'll just sit here bring them up we'll talk about it we, yeah that. we can do it man absolutely uh right, great guys. show I, i'm trying to figure out the audience here because sometimes they don't stop talking the entire show um and this time i think they were just enthralled and listening the whole time we did You're have a like, couple questions pop up what is that <laughs> <laughs> well hey press like and support these guys um justin's just starting this and Grizz, you know, this out, and I think, and uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll, on that, I'll, and, uh, I'll guide and... people your way. So. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. All right. What do, what do we say? We're, we got 20, 20 some shows. I forget what it was now. I have no idea. I added 20. Some... We've, been, we've been rolling this for just over six, I think about seven, eight months now. Okay. Yeah. And that's not uh, the even... other shows we do. I think this is no, no, just one. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, our I, show here, yeah. just the Grizzly Podcast. Uh, yeah. Paranormal encrypted rabbit holes. Good lord, I can't even get it out. Well, guys, we got Big, <laughs> we got Bigfoot Days coming up in April in Estes Park. If y'all can make it, uh, April twentieth. Or awesome. Yep, I was going to say, Kenny, let them know how to find you, guys. I suggest following him on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you can see all kinds of stuff that he likes to put up there. Bigfoot Loose USA, uh, is a good one for Facebook and like yep. Google Ken Collins Estes Park just to see some things that um in this uh, Rocky Mountain region. Great. And from coast to coast around the world, ladies and gentlemen, good night. Catch you on the next show. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.